Welcome to Full Bloom, the podcast for millennials on a journey to finding purpose and pursuing passion. My name is Martina Lindo, and I believe we can learn from each other's experiences and hopefully help each other to bloom and grow into the people we were always meant to be. Your journey to full bloom starts right now. So for the listeners, let me first warn you, Diamond got a potty mouth. She can't help it. So if it's going to offend you, you might not want to listen to this yeah, episode because no. she just can't help herself. We we tried, but it, we just going to let it go. Yeah, I have to have to be authentic. If you don't like authenticity in all ways, then this is not the episode for you. So I met Diamond in college. Um, she is the only person other than my hairdresser of 15 years that has done my hair. Period. Period. Because I'm not about that life, okay? I've had one hairdresser my entire life. And I just feel like that's a sacred relationship. You know what I mean? Like, and I'm not talking about like braids or nothing because I've had other people do that. That's fine. But like when it comes to dealing with my hair, mm -mm, it's either Miss Andrea or Diamond. And so I haven't had my hair done in a minute. (laughs) So, (laughs) um, but go ahead, introduce yourself. Well, like she said, I'm Diamond. Last name stands. Um, like she said, we met in college. We both went to Spelman. Hey, woohoo. Um, I majored in studio art. Yes, I like to paint. Yeah, she's and a dope artist. Thank you for that. Yeah, you and, are. Um, drawing is actually interesting because I became, I'm an entrepreneur, but I became an entrepreneur before I graduated from college. Mm-hmm. Like, and it honestly started for me when I was in high school. Yeah. I was doing hair, sewing at 15 years old for $35. <laughs> You know, I never really had that period of like, you know, I'm working at the fast food restaurants like yeah. that for me was entrepreneurship. And it's crazy because I was actually going to say that as part of your introduction, like since I've known you, you've never had like a clock in or clock out yeah, job. No, I've, I've never seen you in I that did space. It, I did it once and that was the summer of us going, the summer coming to college, I believe, and the summer going into sophomore year. Mm-hmm. I was working at CDC because my mom had got me like a summer oh, care. Mm-hmm. But like outside of that... Nothing. Absolutely nothing. And I think that's amazing, honestly, because I'm trying to get there so bad. I'm trying to get there so bad. Well, you know, it's it's not easy at the (laughs) fuck. So, (laughs) with that being said, you know, um, yeah, just being 15-year-olds, doing all the sewing and stuff, um, going into college, having those little jobs that I had during the summer, that's when I actually did the research to figure out how I can sell hair and stuff like that. So, you know, after I did that and I figured it out, like, I literally, the conversation with my parents went just like this. I walked in the door, both of my parents would sit on the couch and I said, I figured out how to sell hair and makeup, right? Mm -hmm. And... This was before Instagram. This was before PayPal. This was before all of that. So it was some people, a manufacturer that I found online, they only accepted money via Western Union. I said, said, I'm going to send these people this money for this hair and this makeup. And my dad was like, don't do that because you're not going to get anything because it's probably a scam. (laughs) I was like, you know what? It's only this much money. Like... If I lose it, I lose it. Like, it's not that serious. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'm willing to take this chance. Yeah, like, take this risk. So, you know, we still have Facebook at this point because mm-hmm. Facebook came out when we were in high school. <laughs> so I was like, I'm about to just tell people that, you know, I'm going to have this hair and this makeup. And when it comes, like, you know, people can come buy it. So I ordered the hair and the makeup. And it came. It came, of course. <laughs> Sold out. So then it came. Wow. And when that happened, that's when they were like, okay, so this is legit. This is happening. Uh And um, 
you know, it just kind of took out from there. Like, I went back to school. I'm doing everybody's hair. Everybody is buying hair. No, literally, y'all. Diamond, I feel like she has done everybody in the class of 2014's hair. <laughs> and I'm not exaggerating. I feel like you've done everybody. There's a few that I did. There's a few. <laughs> I know, because there was another girl. I won't call her name, but, I mean, she was doing hair, too. And they it was it was some competition. It was like, oh, you go to her or do you go to her? <laughs> So yeah, there there was maybe like three of us who was doing it, but it was like two 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 main people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um yeah, I was doing hair, um selling the hair, mm-hmm. um not even realizing how much money I was making. Yeah, I was just doing it like it was second yeah. and because you were like one of the only people doing it. Correct. You. We're literally running the market. <laughs> Period. Like y'all, this is 2011, yeah. 2012. Like nobody was, nobody hair. was selling hair. Like that was me. <laughs> so crazy. I think maybe like me, me and people like that have started. Like I, I think the first time I had seen knob hair, mm-hmm. somebody came to me who getting their hair done and they had some. I was like, who, who is this? Yeah, and that's when I saw me for the first. But yeah. Like, wow. I'm talking about been doing this job so long. I remember being in line at Western Union with Mingley. Like, we standing by each other. Wow. Paying, the pay. So, it was, y'all had the same manufacturer? <laughs> Not necessarily the same manufacturer, but we both, like, you know. Was, it was the same process, basically. Right, like, mm-hmm. that, that was a while ago. But, um, yeah, honestly, that's just how all of that really started for me. And like I said, I really did not realize how much money I was making because it was like, it was almost like breathing for me. Mm-hmm. So when I graduated and I received a 1099 and it was like, you know, you have to pay taxes on that 104000 that you made. And I was like, huh? <laughs> and mind you, I was taking cash too. Yeah. Like, how much money was I making? And so at that point, that's when like, my dad looked at me and was like, you made that much money over there. I wow. guess I did. And so at that point, you know, I had to try paying, not even try, I had to start paying more attention yeah. to the money and, you know, just making sure that I had things wrapped up. So what was that process like for you, like transitioning from like this being like a side thing where it wasn't really a side thing, but more legit, a hustle. Right. Like now you got to put this on paper, like deal with the IRS, that kind of See, stuff. Because it was a 1099, it was almost like I was an independent contractor. Mm-hmm. So even though like my business wasn't legit, I still had to pay taxes. Right. Um, I didn't become legit until 2016. Wow. So yeah. So you've been taxed. Was filed. Yeah. Okay. My LLC was filed in 2016, and um, before before that, I didn't I didn't have nothing like it was just yeah. I was just doing it and that's why the people always get caught up on that shit I'm like that stuff doesn't matter yeah just like, do it nobody's even buying your shit yet like you need to get to that point first and then you know in the process you can do those things but like don't let those deter you away from doing business yeah. like I did business for a whole <laughs> five years period like <laughs> I did business for a long time before any of that stuff even came into place right now were there repercussions for like outside of you know having to pay the taxes obviously um the only thing is just paying close attention to your numbers mm-hmm. because when you're doing that much business so many people coming in and out so many transactions coming in and out you know you're spending money um you have to have close hands on those numbers. So right. having an accountant, um, having somebody who's like paying attention to that stuff and just keeping tabs on it. Mm-hmm. Um, even having somebody there who can like guide you on like how to separate your money because at a certain point I should have been paying myself, but I wasn't paying myself. Right. Because I mean it was, you know, it was me. It was me. <laughs> so, so at least that's how I felt. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is me, so you know it's my money. Right. <laughs> but girl that that for me is, is the main thing. It's making sure that you do what you need to do so that you are covered on your ends. Like, of course, I was investing money back into the business. And mm-hmm. I wasn't the person who was out here buying so much stuff. Yeah. I mean, I lived, but it wasn't like, you know, I was you were being clothes yeah. and shoes and stuff. Like, yeah. I've never been that way anyway. Mm-hmm. But I'm either going back to the business or I'm buying food. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like that's just, that's no that's that's my guilty pleasure food. I, Girl. I look. 
So, um, yeah, that's that's pretty much how that was. But even like for the years after me um graduating, like our relationships kinda Yeah, distracted you a little bit. They did. Like, um I know when while I was at Spelman I had a specific relationship and I was I was still doing good business and stuff, but it got to a certain point. It's like just, just the way that I am. Mm-hmm. Became so consumed. Yeah, and I'm I feel so deeply and there's always the extra stuff. So you know that went left, and so did I. Yeah, <laughs> and that you know that sums that up. Um, even afterward, once I got out, I got into another. I didn't even want to be in a relationship, but I got into it anyway. And of course, that didn't pan out right. Yeah. Just having all these distractions. Um. 2015 came around and um, business was actually doing really well. Um, I was still doing good with the numbers. I was I didn't have an accountant still. I did have somebody who was looking at the numbers and kind of like helping me with them, but I still didn't have an accountant. Um, so you were just stacking up and just it was just going in the bank. You girl, didn't know what was like going I was, on. I'm serious. Like I was when I was staying where I was staying, I transitioned to a bigger apartment mm-hmm. and. Um, you know, they actually your, your, your pay stuff. So, you know, I, I gave her my um my bank statements or whatever, and this is just my personal bank account. And I'm looking at it, I'm like, I didn't know this was when it came into my personal bank account wow. this month. I was like, I don't really have to get a hold on that. That's crazy. But, um, you know, I, and it's because at this point now everything's electronic, so you're dealing exactly. with PayPal and exactly. Wow, girl, that's a, that's a good problem. <laughs> it is like it's, it's a blessing and a curse at the same time because again, I was doing this at a time where like there was really nobody for me to watch, yeah, to, to guide you. So like you know, I'm figuring shit out by like bumping my head on everything, yeah. And so by the time. You know, I get into my new place. I'm like, okay, cool. I got to my new place. I opened up a shop at Atlantic Station. Yeah. Like, I'm, you know, doing all these different things. and Which I think was so dope. Yeah, that so was fun. So inspirational. I loved having that. Yeah. Um, it was fun. I loved, you know, having my clients one-on-one. Like, I loved doing all that. I mean, of course, I had a few bad apples. Mm-hmm. But in the larger scheme of all the wonderful beautiful clients that I had like it was it was great um it did come to a point though where throughout all of this I did not make enough time for myself mm-hmm. and being a service-based business that's like a big thing yeah and I had already come into business like though that was something that fueled me it was also something that I used as a means of like blocking out other shit. Mm-hmm. So it's like you know I'll, I'm not I'm because me being in my emotions it's not good. At least that's how I felt. Right. Like, me allowing myself to feel means that I'm going to be in a dark place for a long time, or that I'm going to be a burden onto other people. So I just rather I'm both yeah, right. So I'm doing all I'm doing good. I'm at the shop, whatever. Um, it gets to a point where I need to learn how to take care of myself. Are you still in a, a, a bad relationship at this point or you're now single? I'm in a relationship and now my relationship is not bad. Okay. Um, that's good. I'm in a great relationship with a great man and I thank okay. God for that. That's okay. good. So this is, we're in like what, 2016 now? I'm just trying to keep up with oh, time. You're talking about at that point. Yeah, yeah, at that point. Oh, girl, at that point, <laughs> I actually wasn't in a good relationship. But right now I am. So shout out to you, babe. <laughs> Um, I think it's right now. No, 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 no. <laughs> Just to keep up with the story. Okay, so scratch that, guys. I'll bring him up later. <laughs> but, um, yeah, at that point, I actually wasn't in the best relationship. Now, the thing with him, though, is that he was really ambitious, mm-hmm. even though he really wasn't shit. He was very <laughs> ambitious, and he was, like... He kind of complimented like my entrepreneurial spirit. Yeah. So with that, I was still to an effect able to do things. Mm-hmm. But even with that, not to my fullest extent. Right. So um, I was I was doing those things. Me and him broke up, and at that point, thank God for separation, girl. <laughs> that happens, and a few other things had like kind of snowballed, mm-hmm. and. My income had like stopped. Okay. And that was the first time I experienced that ever. Right. Ever. Now the like most important question, have you been saving? 
All right now. So since I was 15 years old, I've been making money. Nobody mm-hmm. been giving me shit. I've been making it myself. Mm-hmm. And so this happens and I'm just like, what? Like how? Yeah. Right? I'm like everybody canceled appointments. Like, oh, I'm sorry. I got this. Oh, this, that, and that. Wow. Like it was. It was and, and it wasn't anything specific it was happening. The universe stuff. It yeah. was like the universe came and it was like, okay, we're going to shut this down so that you can worry about other stuff that you need to worry Yeah. And um, that, I don't know how to deal with that. Mm-hmm. So... I was I was panicking. Like I just I really did not know what to do, and that that time period was really rough for me because it, it started with this girl who made a chargeback. It was a seven hundred dollar chargeback, and um, explain what that is for people who don't know. For those of you who do not know, go to business. We have these things called chargebacks, and chargebacks are the devil. No, I'm just playing. Chargebacks. <laughs> It's basically when a customer comes, what normally a chargeback is just something that you do. You call your bank, if somebody makes an unauthorized charge in your car, and mm-hmm. like, I didn't do this. They're like, okay, oh. I got you. They're going to take it back, right? But they're on your side regardless. Mm-hmm. So That's your bank's on your side. Yeah, mm-hmm. the bank is going to be on your side regardless. So she ran a chargeback. I spent eight hours on this girl here. She ran a chargeback and. I didn't realize it, but, and I was using Style Seat at the time. Style Seat held my money for 30 days. So I wasn't even paid from the hair I was doing. It, they were holding. Oh my gosh. So after she did that one chargeback, they had that ripple effect. Yeah, and they didn't, but they didn't let me know. Oh my goodness. That it happened. Like it was just so much. And like by this time, it's like I'm halfway through the month. I don't have any of my money. And my bills are bouncing. Like I'm just trying to figure this shit. Yeah. And it took me 30 days to deal with the whole situation. Like, I ended up talking to the owner of Stousey. Like I just wasn't playing because I'm like, y'all cannot do this. Yeah. Like, I can't hold all of my money. I'm so now, why did she say it was unauthorized? Because she was just trying to be a scam. Basically. Wow. She tried to say like, oh, I didn't like it. And whoever she used somebody else's card and they didn't charge back and she didn't know. Oh, I'm like, girl. Dang. Stop. So, she gave you a foo-foo storm. Foo-foo. So that mm. happens. And I think for me, it was like I put so much energy into that situation that it shifted yeah. things. And when that happened, everybody canceled their equipment. Mm. But it didn't have, like, it from their, from them, it didn't have anything to do with that situation. But that energy, I'm yeah. sure, caused all Cause, that. Yeah. Right? Ooh, man, perspective is such a oh yeah like, powerful thing, boy. I know about Ooh. and I mean that happened, and mm-hmm. all my appointments canceled for the rest of the month. So it was a lot going on, and the reality of the situation is all I need to do was just like handle that, and not, not, not on such a broad spectrum, mm-hmm. and just handle it. Go back to doing what I know to do. Like my appointments, they canceled. Cool, I can put out more ads to get yeah. more clients because that's how I got them in the first place. So, you know, but I wasn't thinking about that. I'm no, just like, you're just so focused on this yes, one like, situation. So, you know, that's a lesson for anybody. If something like that happens to you, please don't focus so hard on a negative situation. Yeah. Handle it, handle it the way it needs to be handled with the least amount of energy yes, possible. And just keep, and keep, keep doing it. Yeah. What you know to do. Like, don't, I think I, because it's something that I had never experienced before, I second guessed myself. Yeah. And so, you know, I just put all my energy into that and it's like, yeah, it went, it went left. And from that point forward, everything was just like tumbling. And like, what didn't make it any better was that like, I had just paid my taxes. So, you know, yeah, that was, so a, lump that was a lump sum. I just paid taxes. I had just like bought a ticket to go see Beyonce. Like, you know, like, <laughs> I was rewarding myself. Like, I can yeah. say that. I'm about to go see Beyonce. I'm like, this is not happening right now. Yeah. Like, it was just a lot going on. And I was just like, you know what? Clearly, something, like, something is supposed to be happening. Yeah. Or, so, how did you bounce back? Um, I'm honestly still in the process. Mm. Happened That's 20, okay. Happened in 2016. That was three years ago. I'm still in the process. Wow. Um... And it's, it's, it's been difficult. Like, I've had moments mm-hmm. of success. Yeah. And, like, that's that's the thing about entrepreneurship that people don't really understand. Like, I had a good run. I had a yeah. Run. 
But I'm now in this different phase where I'm trying to gain back my full confidence as an entrepreneur yeah. in my skill sets and what I know I can do. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Was there something that you feel you lacked foundationally that kind of could have prevented you from allowing that situation to create such a snowball effect? I, I mean, because you started think, when you were young. Yeah, I do. I do think that's part of it. Because um, again, I ain't really had you know, yeah, no guidance or whatever. So I absolutely, I do believe there's a foundational aspect of it that I felt was missing or something mm-hmm. that was missing. Like I wasn't, my feet weren't completely planted right yeah. enough and so of course that had that effect um but yeah like I was I was doing different things like I was still able to make money you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. what I was doing it just was not at the peak of what right. I was experiencing mm-hmm. and um you know I was like doing what, doing what I could do and there was a certain point where I was just like this I have to stop like I have to like my money going down I'm stressing myself out. Yeah. I need to stop for a second because I'm still not really taking care of myself how I need to. And so I just, I was like, fuck it. Like, I'm, I'm done. And I took time to myself to figure out what I needed to do in order to take care of me. Yeah. And, and what is that? Um, first of all, I like relaxing. <laughs> I love relaxing. Like I used to every almost every day. I would go outside. I would lay down on this little. I don't even know what you call it. The chairs that are at the beach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had those, but we didn't have like a pool or anything. But we had those. Oh, like the lounge chairs. Yeah, I would lay on that lounge chair. I'm looking up at the sky. I'm listening to the trees. Like just being able to be still in nature. Yeah, for me, it's like everything. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like, I, that, then that's important because I feel like in our culture of busy, 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 yeah. we don't value that kind of time. Like right. people feel like if you're not on the go, then you're not being productive. Yeah. And that's not true. Like right. there's so much value in taking time, like you said, to be right. reflective and yeah. take care of yourself. So I was, I was able to do that. You know, I started, I started working out again. I had like gotten a groove doing that. Um, I was making enough just to get by and mm-hmm. that was perfectly fine with me. Right. Um, and through me learning and understanding like what self-love really looked like for me it was stuff just like I was getting all types of epiphanies like yeah. oh like this is like oh okay mm-hmm. like this is this and that's that and I was like this is great <laughs> and it got to a point where I was like I have to help other people get to this mm-hmm. and that's where Unapologetic came from okay and for those who don't know Unapologetic is Unapologetic is my lifestyle brand for women of color that is based around truth living and self love. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, actually, it it's still here. I actually have um, what is it called? Not a podcast. What's the other one? A vlog. Yes. Red Table Talk. Yeah, what's going right, on? Right, right, right. I wasn't going to say it, but I'm just like, what, what's going on? What's happening? Okay, so I do have a vlog for Unapologetic. Or no, is it Blue Table Talk? No, yours is red. It's, your table was red. Was it? I don't even remember if it was. No, it was brown. But wow. anyways, <laughs> it, was called, it was called A Safe Space. Mm-hmm. It is called A Safe Space, and it is basically... Um, a space for women to come and talk about things that matter mm-hmm. um, in a non-judgment space. Like we're having real ass conversations, yeah. real stuff. Like um, you know, just being open, honest, and real. Yeah. And um, that was something that I felt was very necessary. Mm-hmm. And so I, I did have that. There are two episodes that are up. Um, the rest of them are coming, but of course, like. Again, the way my life set up, I'm an entrepreneur. So yeah. How y'all have jobs during the day? Yeah. I have to focus on what brings in the money. Mm-hmm. So you know, I have to strategize in a different way. Yeah. But uh, and, and that is something that I am learning. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Have your 50 day sprint. 
Yeah, I, I I've been I've been meaning to do it, but the way my life set up right now, I didn't even have time to sign up. Yeah, I'm already gonna put babies to sleep. Girl, oh my god, y'all, I'm just going ahead and just just tell them Diamond's appointment for this interview was at seven o'clock. She texted me like, "Oh, can I come at six thirty? And I told my husband, I was "Like, oh my god, she's coming at six thirty. She's coming early." So I'm like, "It's cool. I'll make it work. I'll put Nation to sleep as soon as I get home." I come home. I give him a bath. We do our little routine. I'm trying to hurry up so he go to sleep. Feed him. Thanks to him. Read real quick. Won't go to sleep. An hour and 15 minutes later, this baby is still not asleep. But Diamond was so gracious and so patient. So thank you. <laughs> you are definitely welcome. But it's, it, I mean, it's kind of like, you know, the adjustments that you got to make when yeah. you're trying to do new things and with every level comes a new challenge and for I mean for me right now it's like learning how to balance and manage my time yeah because you know my my hope is to be able to leave my full-time job yeah and be like you as an entrepreneur just grinding making it happen yeah but then it's like when you have responsibilities you need insurance yeah you need a 401k you know well you know what i'm saying that is another conversation there there, there are different ways yeah and then those are things that i'm learning now like the more i put myself in this space yeah it's the more that i'm being open to like learning new things other stuff exactly stuff that i didn't even know i could be doing yeah Right. So, but that's another conversation. Yeah. <laughs> so for you, um, we'll finish talking about self love, and then I'm gonna ask you another question. Okay. Yeah. So you know, unapologetic. Um, it is set up on self love and um honoring your truth, and that that is just something that I had came to realize is necessary in order for you to grow and mm-hmm. to do anything. You have to be. You have to move the truth, like, because that's the only thing that matters. Literally, the only thing that matters. You can't build anything on lies, and that was honestly something a large thing when that that last relationship that I had left, mm-hmm. because he was very consumed with his image and just all these things that to me didn't matter. When it's like right. you're a shitty person, like mm-hmm. you're doing all this stuff to front of people, but on the inside, the real you right. was like, it's like real I, ugly. I know you, like, yeah. You be here doing shiesty stuff, like yeah. you trying to step on people to just to, it's like none of that matters, you know what I'm saying, if you're not being true. Yeah. Like nothing can be sustained without truth. And um that was something I really felt it's like I feel anybody who gets to that point always feels like they have to go back and help others get there. Yeah. And I feel like that just comes with it's almost like a natural obligation based off of your like positioning it's like this is where I'm at like I feel a natural obligation to come back and help people right with a natural obligation you just really feel like that's what you're supposed to be doing like my purpose it's like that's when you find your purpose it's like Mm -hmm. part of purpose finding is through you actualizing you yeah and when it happens, that shit literally just happens. Like, mm-hmm. you don't know when it's going to happen, how. It's not even something you necessarily search for. It's just kind of like it happens yeah. with the different decisions that you make mm-hmm. in your life. And so once I got to that point, I was like, I have to do it. I have to do it. And it's so interesting because a lot of times people equate finding their purpose to the successes that they have in life. You know. And it's like success is not equal to purpose because you could be successful in things that you hate. And it's like, that's not your passion. That's not what you were created for. That's not why you exist to work this job, to do this thing. Like, and it's, it's just funny to me. Like, and I have friends and, you know, I love them and I love that they are happy where they are, but it's like, you got to see the bigger picture. You do not, you don't want to spend the rest of your life yeah. working a nine-to-five job and it's that, not out it's, of purpose. it's not out of purpose there's you're not pouring anything into that space that belongs to you yeah you're building up somebody else's 
whatever. whatever. Yeah. And it's like, I, I be trying to get people to understand, like, and there's nothing wrong with, you know, working a job and, but you need to have something else, something that belongs to you. Yeah. Something that when you die, you can leave a legacy because working at Coca-Cola or Pepsi or wherever, whatever corporate office you in, when you got Coca-Cola ain't going to be put your name on the plaque yeah. unless you're giving them some money. <laughs> Um, that's what that's what it says, folks. Yeah. So I mean, for you, like when you got to that point of self actualization, and it's like you had fallen on your face a few times. Um, how did you? What What made you realize and connect to this thing that? Oh wow, this is my purpose. Now I need to help people to get here. Well, because like for so long I struggled with it. Like that was something that like confidence, like all of that stuff. That was something that I built over time that I had struggled with as a child, yeah. as a kid in high school, like those were things that I had struggled with that took me a long time to build. And once I really got to that point mm-hmm. where I was like like it just clicked. Yeah. Like every light bulb that I could probably buy on in the world just went off at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I was just like this is it. And what was it? What was this a moment now? It was like, it's like, okay. And I always, at at this point, because I, I understand it, it's mm-hmm. like when you're feeling serious, mm-hmm. when you're talking about something, mm-hmm. or thinking about something, or talking to somebody, and you feel that. Yeah. That happens. And with me, like, just sitting there thinking about, you know, the things that I had been going through and, like, where I was at in that moment, you know, I felt, I was so happy. I felt so good. And I was just like... Yeah, I felt divine. I was like, this is, this is it. Yeah. Like, people need to know how to get here. Yeah. How to do this. Like, I'm not, obviously, I'm not the only person who's gotten here. Mm-hmm. So like, you feel free. Man. Wow. It was... I can't even explain what it felt like, but it felt great. And um, even within that, though, there is layered. Like, on, on the personal side, I was doing great, you know what I'm saying? But still on the business side, I still ne- wasn't necessarily, I still hadn't really gained what I lost. Right. And um, Financially or just? Confident, yeah. Okay. And so, um, there was a part of me that knew that that was like a distraction from it, in mm-hmm. a sense. but I didn't mind because of the type of distraction that it was. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I did, I did my thing. I had my launch for it. Like I was, things were going really well, um, specifically in terms of unapologetic. Mm-hmm. Everything, self-love and like me honoring my truth and just like all those different things like that. Like all of those things were going really well for me. And it got to a point where I was so in tune with just spirit that, you know, I could speak and something would happen. Yeah. Or I could just like, I could write something down in the next few seconds. Like it was on yeah. point. It was on point. I mean, that's like what, that. that's what, that's what happens when you're in alignment, you're in alignment with the calling on your life. Yeah. When, when God downloads things into you yes. and you put yourself in position to go yes. with whatever he's got, it's like things will start to fall in place. And I think that's something that people don't connect you very well. If they feel like things, and I was one of these people, so I know yeah. you feel like you have to have X, Y, Z yeah. perfectly together. Yeah. But it's just like, guys, like, no, just trust me. Just let go. Right. Release like, yourself. Yeah. Release yourself of all of these ridiculous expectations, these ridiculous standards, and just let yourself connect to the spirit and yeah. be like, hey, I got you. Yeah. Go. And you have to, you have to trust. Yeah. Because that's a major thing. It's like people, I think people are just so used to not trusting mm-hmm. that boy. They yeah. trust the other one. They rather listen to the negative one. Mm-hmm. It's like, that's not even you. You know what I'm saying? That's not a spirit. That's not a God. Yeah. That's just, it ain't you. So yeah. stop listening to it. The one that's telling you it's okay, the one that's being kind to you, that's yeah. the one that you need to listen to. Like, mm-hmm. we get the other one. Yeah. That one's just trying to tell you down and do all that other <laughs> extra mean stuff. Don't listen to the mean one. Yeah. Listen to the kind one. But, um, 
yeah, it has got to that point. I was getting ready to launch. You know, things are going well. Like I can manifest. Like snap, snap, snap. Um, I had even started like selling vendors lists and stuff like yeah. that, and that ended up turning into me. Um, is that when you sold your hair company? Actually, I haven't. I didn't. I didn't sell it. I did not sell my hair company. Okay. That was something that I was looking into doing. Mm. Um, it's still something that I do want to do. Okay. But um, with me relaunching the hair company, yeah. that's what I'm building it up so that I can do that. Okay. But um, with me like still the vendors list and stuff, it had turned into like the whole Facebook group. Okay. And I was like giving out guidance, and I came up with that idea of creating an app mm. for, for women who want to create businesses, and I was like. Duh. Like, if I'm going to be able to reach more women, like, why would I not do something Right, like make that? it available. So, um, that is also a project that I had started working on last year that I want to finish and put out there. But, yeah. um, you know, and I think, too, it's just like, look, that's the problem, too. Like, I remember when I did the very first episode of this, and I spent... It, it, that episode took me the longest to edit because I Perfection. went over and over and over and over again and I'm just like I just want it to be perfect and even now I go back and listen to them like you it was scared. not perfect but it you were just scared yeah but it's just like it, it goes back to that same thing where we put ourselves in this box where it's like it has to be this certain way it before we can release it just, no just put it out there just, just <laughs> give it just give it to the people literally yeah so I, I feel that 100% yeah, man. <laughs> That's how it is. But yeah, I'm going to definitely put my app out there. Again, I got to focus on coin. So we talked a little bit before we started officially. Yeah. But kind of, you know, what's been, what do you think this whole falling on your face? You know, figuratively speaking. Yeah. What, what do you think it's for? Like, why do you feel like you've been brought back to this place? Okay, y'all. So, I am back home with my parentals. Um, Ain't no shame in that. Absolutely not. I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a thing that had happened multiple times throughout ever since. Um, my last year in college, I'll say right after I graduated. So since 2014, I've come back home a few times, like for a couple months at a time. Mm -hmm. Um, the last few times that I came home, um, I would say even, even the last time, not the last time, well, yes, the last time, (laughs) the first time that I'm talking about, um, even the first time, so specifically, with the first time that I had came home, um, even the first time that I left out mm-hmm. after I graduated, it was always me kind of like running away from home. Yeah. Um, Mentally, not like. Right. Yeah. It's like, I, I need to get out as soon yeah. as I can, so I'm going to move with my boyfriend, even though I want to be with him. Mm-hmm. And that ends up bringing me back home because that wasn't a good situation either. Yeah. And so I'm back. And, you know, at this point, um, I do, do a little building and a little soul searching. Mm-hmm. And I leave back out again. And I'm good for a, a, a couple of years. And then what happened? I can't even... Oh, I'm good because I'm out and I'm doing my doing my thing hair company. Because that that specific period was when my hair company took off. Mm-hmm. Like that was right after college. I just dumped somebody, so yeah. I dumped so take off, right? <laughs> <laughs> so my hair company took off. So I was I was good for a couple of years, mm-hmm. but at the moment in which I faced um, like the turmoil that I had never experienced before with, you know, me not being able to make as much money as I'm used to and things yeah. like that. You know, I was really forced again to go back. And um a lot of these moments were centered around, you know, money. Yeah. Because like I stated earlier, I was just so used to using that mm-hmm. as a means of me not being able to focus on my emotions. Yeah. It was, it was a crutch in a lot of ways. Right. And, and that, that started for me in college. That mm-hmm. started in college because I was going through so much and I just, you know, when you work really hard to be happy. Mm-hmm. 
and you finally get there. It's like the first time that happens. Like the first time you get really depressed and then you come out of it, you're like, I did it. But yeah. then you don't realize that that shit keeps happening. Yeah. Throughout and, life. and it's because you're not dealing with it properly. So it's just like, well, aside that, it's just like just realizing like you're going to go through shit. Yeah. Like that's not the last time you're going to go through something. Mm-hmm. With me realizing that I didn't take it well, and I was just like, I'm not trying to like always be traumatized by stuff. You know, I'm feeling this, that, and the third. So like, I'm gonna focus on this stuff because I'm getting money, yeah. I'm getting paid, yeah. I'm creating. Like, I'm gonna focus this way, but. That was me taking my focus away from my emotions and mm-hmm. what I feel. And actually dealing with the issues that you're going People, People would always think that like I was just the most like weird, emotionless person. It's like, I'm really not. Like I'm emotional as hell. I'm very sensitive. Yeah. But I just don't. It's funny you said that because I used to think that I'm like, why, why is she so dry? <laughs> yeah, but that was it. And that but was not, it. That, not in like, oh, I don't want to be her friend type of way. It's yeah, just it's like, like yeah. I wonder why. Yeah, like that was just. <laughs> my personality yeah and um it was like that because of that yeah like aside the fact that I'm actually just a really blunt person yeah I had compartmentalized myself and I focused and I was just like I can't I feel like I couldn't afford to let myself feel yeah and a lot of the issues that I was dealing with goes back to my mother Mm. and um that was something that I'm just really realizing in totality, like in the past week. So um, this last time that I came home, like, y'all, let me tell you. So I had done really well in May. Like, I had done really well. Like, my hair company did great. Outside of that, like, I was doing some coaching stuff. Like, helping with brand design. Like, I was literally doing really good. For me, at this point, like, 6,500 were great to me. Yeah. So, yeah, cool, whatever. Like, yeah, you know, I'm 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 getting back. Yeah. So, you know, that was was a little taste. And then June came and just like, "Mm." and I was like, what? Like, what just happened, right? And so, with me being back home, I realized that that was God and the universe. Like, okay, so, did great in May. You know what you're capable of. You know what you can do. Mm-hmm. And you're proving it to yourself again. But we gonna tone that down. Yeah. You need to go you need home, to go home and deal with it. And what is it that exactly you need to deal with? Alright, y'all. So, I need to go home and deal with this monster in my closet that I call my mother. I love her dearly, but she has some issues that um, have caused me a great deal of pain, me and my father, a great deal of pain in our life. And um, with me specifically, my mom had a stillborn daughter the year before me. And me and her, we have actually have the same name. We just have different middle names. And my mother has never really fully seen me as me. She kind of sees me as her second chance at, as like, you know, her first daughter and kind of like as an extension of her. So she's never really fully accepted me. You know, she's always just been trying to control, you know, how I am, who I am, what I like. Um, just always wanting to be the reason for this and the reason for that, wanting to be the center of attention. Like if I'm having something with my friends and something that's important to me, she's got to make sure she's the center of attention and taking mm-hmm. over it. Um, you know, when I was a kid, she would say crazy, mean shit to me. Um, you know, compare my body to my friends' bodies. Like, oh my goodness. Like, you know, just that not the best stuff that you yeah, should to, to your child. Right. So um I had issues and the main issue that I had is that I wasn't I didn't stand up for myself. So my mom was basically my first bully. And so when we encountered other people in the same way, I wouldn't stand up for myself. Like I had a hard time. And as an adult woman, I don't necessarily have a hard time with people who I'm not in intimate relationships with. 
Um, but people who I am in intimate relationships, yeah. I have a hard time with doing that. And um, so, do you have a plan this time around? Oh uh, yeah, I, def- I definitely it? have a plan. Um, I realized that me coming home wasn't about me getting myself together financially or none of that. It's about me coming home and dealing with that. Yeah, like I need to close that book. Mm-hmm. I need to free myself from that so that I can go on. To continue what I just showed myself that I can do, mm-hmm. and um, and I know for me, like whenever, <laughs> like even if my husband and I get in an argument, I'll like write down, okay, this is exactly what I want to say to him, and I will give it to him. Like, have you done that in your mind with your mom, or like, what's your approach yeah, like with I, dealing with her? I have to write things down, and mm-hmm. part of that has to do with just what I've experienced. Like, sometimes I could be mute. Yeah. Sometimes. You know, I can just lose myself in what I'm trying to say. So I always write things down, whether I'm writing a letter to somebody or, you know, whether it's me like just writing things down so I don't lose track when I'm talking. Mm-hmm. Like, that's like literally, I have my notebook and I have things that I've been yeah. writing down over the past week. So I make sure that I hit every, hit every point. point. And, you know, I feel like I've had so much anxiety about it. And I've also not, I've just been nervous because I'm just yeah. like, I think for me, I I don't want the negative part. Yeah. And I like, I, it's kind of like, do you feel like it's going to result in a, an estrangement or a, a brokenness in your relationship? It might. It's, it's highly possible just because of how my mother is. Yeah. And so that part of it, there's a fear there for that. And because I just moved back down for like moving back out. Yeah. But, <laughs> the practical part of right. it. <laughs> but at the same time, it's just like, you know, I'm worth more than all that shit. Yeah. So I'm going to handle it. I have to handle it. Yeah. Like I have to, you know, stand up for a little me. Yeah, and little nobody, you nobody big else you. Right, yeah. exactly. So it's just like, no, I got to be that person to do it. Yeah. Nobody else. Nobody else is going to do it. Yeah. And so I feel like throughout this conversation, we've touched on it, like, skirting around, but your story is so full. It is. It's full. So in terms of your purpose, you've kind of touched it a little bit. And something that I've been inspired by, like, watching you grow, like, yeah. I mean, almost 10 years. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, what do you think? your purpose is I would I believe that my purpose is to help and I, I'm sorry everybody else but I just love black women like yeah I love black people too yeah um but because I'm not a man I can't do you can't do yeah I feel you 100 so specifically cater to black women but I really feel like my purpose is to help us fulfill ourselves, living in our truth on ourselves. Mm-hmm. Like get to your highest self. That's where all this stuff is at yeah. there. And honestly And what do you mean by your highest self? Your highest self is that's actually a really good question. <laughs> I feel like your highest self is it's the you untainted. It's the you that came into the world mm-hmm. when you were born. Yeah. That's your highest self. Oh, I felt that one. Yeah, I felt that. <laughs> it's the you that knows no judgment. It's you that knows compassion. Mm-hmm. Like, really knows it. Knows it through action. Like, understands what love really is and what that means on the human scale in which we exist. That's your highest self. Everything that, that caters to that that goes against the ego. That is yourself. Now, when you talked about that moment for you, when you connected fully to that, that's not something that you can teach. Yeah, absolutely absolutely not. So, like, how do you plan, or, like, how can you help me get to my highest self? Like, what's your... It's through... It's honestly through just encouraging people to listen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like, like I was saying earlier, people are just so used to not listening to themselves. Mm-hmm. Like, we have all these disorders like anxiety and stuff because we don't listen to ourselves. Yeah. Your body gives you signals. Your mind gives you signals based off of your body's responses. Yeah. Your spirit is speaking to you before your mind even knows. Yeah. And I think what's really, 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 really important to understand to me when my friends was talking about this is the fact that your mind only knows 
what it knows. Your spirit is a lot more wise than yeah. your mind. Because your mind literally only knows what it knows. It only knows your experiences on this plane. It knows whatever perspectives and clouds and all this extra stuff. But your spirit on the yeah. other hand is a lot more wise, can see a lot more. You know what I'm saying? So it's like you yeah, have to. It's that discerning part of you where it's like the spirit will talk to you like, hey. That's, right, and you have to yeah. listen to that. Yeah. You have to listen to that. Like, and that, that's you. It's you talking to you. Like, hey, maybe you should do that. Like, instead of saying, well, be like, okay, yeah. I'm listening. Because, again, your spirit knows better than your mind does. Yeah. Like, that's just that's just what it is. Like, your yeah. mind only, it's like a kid. Like, you're, the kid is only going to know what they know. Exactly. And I feel like the spirit is the only part of the body that's directly connected to God. Yeah. At least for me and my understanding. Like, that is why it's so important for you to connect to that part of yourself. Because we don't know everything. But the mind is yes, limited to limited. our physical experience. Yeah. Our mind is limited to our physical experience. The only reason why I can sit here and even talk about it is because my spirit and mind live in the same body. Mm-hmm. If my spirit wasn't in my body, then I'd be a robot and I wouldn't know none of yeah. this. So it's just like the spirit knows. It knows things on different planes. Yeah. Just all of that. So, you know, just really encouraging people to live in their truth. Like people don't understand how transformative just honoring how you really feel. Yeah. What you really want. Just your truth. Mm-hmm. Whatever that looks like, and that's why aspect. we carry around so much trauma, so much baggage, yes, so much pain. Not They're not because you constantly censor yourself. You constantly silence yourself in situations where you needed to speak up or where yeah. you needed to stand up for yourself or yeah. you needed to, you know, say no. I'm gonna do this because this is what makes me happy. Yeah, and. I think that what you're doing is so admirable. Um, And the women, the black women, the beautiful melanin queens that are going to be affected by it need to see it coming from another black woman. Absolutely. Because I feel like there's so many spaces out there where it's like them trying to tell us how to live. Yeah. And I'm just not about that life no more. No, I feel you. 100%. 100%. And I think that, and it's so crazy because it's full circle, but me having that actualization and understanding like that's what you need, mm-hmm. I'm equipped to go back to my mother. Yeah. Because she needs it. Yeah. She needs that moment of full actualization and truth and dealing with her grief and dealing with trauma. And also dealing with what, what she has caused by yeah. way of, because it's like, yeah. you are hurt and hurt people hurt people. Mm-hmm. But you have to understand that you have hurt people. Yeah. Like, was, was it you recently that just put something on Instagram where I read it was just like, you know, just because somebody else is experiencing trauma, that doesn't make them any less accountable for what they've done to you. Maybe I I don't know. I I read it somewhere and I was just like, yo, that's so deep. It is. Because it's like people feel like just because they're hurting or they've been hurt that they now can turn around and do it to you. But it's just like, and because we love them, we'll accept that hurt from them. But it's like, no. I think that was me. It was something something like that. But it's just like me as an individual now has to carry this around. It's becoming a part of my DNA. And you're almost 30. Like, Oh. <laughs> it's turned, okay. 28 November 6th. I know. It's crazy. We are getting so old. Oh, I'm 28. But I'm excited though because I, I keep I mean, telling I my husband, like, yeah, I do. Like, I feel like our 30s are going to be, thing. it's going to be so full. Yeah. But I just feel like now, before we get there, Confront your mom. Confront yes. her about everything, and not in a way to be disrespectful or Absolutely hurtful, not. It's but just being to let her know, yeah, and clear, clear about uh, it. Yeah, absolutely. Because I say this all the time. We sometimes we have to parent our parents because just like us, they're humans. Yeah, they didn't know everything when they had us. They like when I think about it, like when nations like fifteen, sixteen, he can think for himself. He'll be like, "Yo, my mom and dad are crazy. Like, what were they doing?" Like, honestly, we don't know. Yeah, we, we don't did. know. We, we're trying to figure it out just like everybody else yeah so i think in terms of purpose and like being connected to that we have to deal with those 
things, Absolutely. whatever they are. Ooh, otherwise, you can't. It's like blockage. It. Yeah. Like I don't know if anybody on here gets um, acupuncture or anything. <laughs> like blockages, like yeah. all of the. And this is one thing that I really like about spirituality mm-hmm. and about the old, just the old traditions of the world. Yeah. They were all centered around us and our connection to like earth and the spirit, and it was very like we were very well burned in what we needed with our bodies yeah. and how to clear stuff so that we can be aligned. Mm-hmm. And like the way we are now, we're so disconnected. People think stuff is so far. I just like, it's literally not. Like this is stuff that we are capable of yeah. because we're so disconnected. Yeah. We're, they, we're connected to the wrong things is what we are. Yeah. Connected to this. Connected to our, we are tethered to our phone. I read an article today actually it was talking about that because I like have on alerts for stuff about millennials. You yeah. know, just to keep me abreast of what we're doing yeah um and it's talking it talks about how we are addicted to social media and yeah, our right. phones and it's like there's something psychological that has taken place in our brains yeah. that has told us that we need to be connected to each other in this way well you know what and it's like it's not a real connection though i don't know if i necessarily agree with that because and gary v has said it and i actually agree with him mm-hmm. he said social media pipes yeah, you decide to fill it with what you fill it with. Yeah, and I agree with that. It's, it's honestly, it's a another way to view our physical world. I can, you can, I can, you can definitely, that. you can definitely control your environment. Social mm-hmm. media, you can also control your environment. You can follow who you want to follow. Yeah, you don't have to engage with everything. I just think the way that it's set up, it just. I mean, this goes out real extreme, but it's like racism and the systemic oppression. Like it was designed to create a certain mindset. And I think social media was created to do the same thing. It was created to funnel our minds to think a certain way about culture and to think about a certain way how we're supposed to interact with each other. Now, like you said, how you use it, how you funnel it is, you know, what makes it unique to you as an individual. Yeah. But most people are not smart enough to figure that out. So they all get trapped into the same cycles of comparison of But see they fit. would they would see that's the thing. They mm-hmm. wouldn't do that if social media wasn't there. Because Yeah. It's just another meme. It's just, yeah. it's the pipes. It's the pipes. You're the right. pipes. If it wasn't social media, it'd be it something would, else. It would be sitting in somebody's house doing the same thing. Yeah. That's true. That's true. It's like, you know, they say money is the root of all evil. It's absolutely not. No. It's the person yeah. and what they decide to do with that money. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I think like we have to kind of put more accountability on people. Yeah, absolutely. I agree a hundred percent. So we ain't doing nothing but sitting there. We use it. We use, we use it. it. We do things with it. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 the only thing that I do think is that we need to just not lose touch with each other. Yeah. That's it. Outside of that, I ain't got no issues. We just need to make sure that we do not lose like this right here. Yeah. You being able to see you and see your smile yeah. and just be in your presence like that yeah. is important. I agree. As long as we don't do that, we good. Then we're good. Because social media, obviously, everything has pros and cons. Mm-hmm. But, you know, as long as it's there, I'm using it. Yeah, because, I mean, that was a big part of your, well, still is a big part of how Absolutely. you connect to the women that you're Absolutely. reaching. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a big part of how I um, connect. You know, I've been branching out and doing email marketing and different mm-hmm. things like that. But definitely social media is um, it's something that has grown with me. Yeah. Because I've known it since its inception. So, you know, it's just, it's just a part of, it's a part, I mean, it's a part of life. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's a really big part of what I do and how I connect with people. So, well, I guess my last question in the last section of the interview typically is what does it look like for Diamond to live her best life? Girl, (laughs) me living my best life is, that's a great question. (laughs) You're so stupid. But me living my best life is like being able to just be free mm-hmm. and help other black women do the same thing through the ways that I was describing. 
And um, it's that, like... Yeah, freedom. Freedom. Yes. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, freedom from what? Freedom from whatever. Like, just the, the idea of existing mm-hmm. and not being held by anything. Mm-hmm. So, even like the little stuff with my mom, doing what I'm doing is speaking to my freedom and allowing me to be more, even more free. Yeah. Because even at the, whatever point I was at, which I just felt all this greatness and I was like, I get it. Mm-hmm. And it's never ending journey of getting to that place. Yeah. And so, you know, even now, just thinking about it, it's like, I, all those moments were legit. But I, I, there's still shit I have to work on. There's still things. There's still ways I need to grow. There's still things I need to change. You know, there's still stuff I have to deal with. Yeah. And this is after me getting to, you know, a place where I realize what actually matters mm-hmm. and what my purpose is. But that, that don't mean, you know, I still... I don't have stuff to work on. I do. I have yeah. a lot of stuff that I need to work on. And I'm going to be working on that stuff until you figure it out. <laughs> well, see, that's the thing. I don't think we ever figure it out. I think we, like all things, as we grow, we evolve. And, and, and that's the it. problem. It's just a never keep, ending yeah. evolution. But I think <laughs> as you get older, it becomes easier and easier to, or not easier, but like, you know, the old church folks say, another level, another devil. <laughs> So I think it's just that idea of like conquering this one challenge and then moving on to something better. Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 or I do difficult. think it's basically like that, but I do think that life becomes more beautiful. Yeah. The more, the more you grow, the more you bloom. Yes, yeah, so, I it there. <laughs> I did not speak about this, but I have to throw this in there real quick. Gratitude. Mm-hmm. Gratitude would transform anything that you're dealing with, anything you're going through, perspective shifts, mm-hmm. paradigm shifts. Gratitude is like the beginning of all of that. Yeah. Stuff. As soon as you're able to shift your focus, as soon as you're able to look at your glass and see that you still have something in there, yeah. whether it's a little drop, as soon as you're able to do that, you're able to start seeing the other stuff that you have to be grateful. Yeah. It's like, it's science, y'all. It's literal <laughs> science. Like, we learn about it. Reticular formation. Look it up. If you see a yellow car, you start driving out, yeah. you're going to see more yellow cars. Can, can same, you repeat that? Thing. What is it? Reticular formation? Reticular formation. Look it up. Mm-hmm. Psychology. No, it's a real thing. Like, anytime, <laughs> like, like I remember, I got to tell the story. <laughs> My husband wanted to buy this reticular car. And so all of a sudden, everywhere we go, mm-hmm. we're like, oh my God, there it is again. Oh my God. Oh my God. So in our mind, it's like, oh, this is a sign that we need to buy this car. No. It's reticular it's formation. That. <laughs> <laughs> but that's like when you hear people talking about the secret and the law of attraction, mm-hmm. that stuff is real because it's rooted in how our minds work as human beings. Yeah. Like you got to understand what you focus on literally is going to occupy your mind. Yeah. It is going to because our minds can't take in everything that we everything that we look at. Yeah. So it has to block stuff out. Mm-hmm. And so what it's going to do? It's going to focus on what you notice. Yeah. And so if you start, really start, you know, being grateful for things and that doesn't mean that you're not going through shit, you can acknowledge that you're going through shit, you can feel what you need to feel and let it pass. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, feel yeah. what you need to feel and let it pass. Just make sure you get to gratitude. Whenever yeah. whenever you're able to do it, get there. Get there. Because that's going to be the transformative part. Mm. And it's even transformative to let yourself feel. Because yeah. I'm, I'm in the process of doing that. Because again, earlier I said, I don't want to try to do that stuff. But now I'm doing it. And I get a good cry in. Yes. Everything makes me cry. I'm just crying yes. all the time. Yes, cry, girl, cry. <laughs> you know, it's so funny. People call me a crybaby all the time. But it's just like, no... It feels good. It's just great. Like that. Good, yeah. Honestly, people say stuff like that because they're honestly, they're judging themselves. Everything's reflecting mm, See all y'all little judgmental haters because you no, can't that, cry. That's, it's, <laughs> no, it's literally legitimate. Like y'all, seriously, anything that you say about somebody else, it's, it's just a reflection of you. Mm-hmm. You're judging yourself. You're not yeah. judging them. Like how you feel about them has all to do with the inside of you. Yeah. Ooh. So if you want to call somebody a crybaby, you're calling them a crybaby because you won't let yourself mm-hmm. express. Mm-hmm. That's the real thing. Oh, girl. 
I could come back and we have Ouch. an episode. Yes, we, that, that's a whole nother conversation. Oh, and it's crazy because people feel like, you know, somebody asked me, like, how are you going to have a whole show just about purpose? And it's just like, because there's so many layers to finding your purpose. And there's so many yeah. levels that you have to unlock before you can yeah. bloom, before you can yes. grow. Absolutely. It's like a flower goes and through never stages. Ending. Never ending. Just like life, it's a constant, there's seasons. And seasons change. It's like flowers. You know, so, I had that, like you could technically say that at that moment where I realized that that was blooming. Yeah. And then like, you know, here comes fall. Yeah. And you got to start over again. Yeah. So it's crazy. Yeah. Mm. Well, thank you so much. We are out of time. We've been out of time, but it's, I just, I'm so grateful for your growth as a person. Just because I feel like, you know, it, I love watching all my friends from college just literally bloom because it's like, oh, we were some interesting kids, boy. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so before you go, we got two things to do. So grab this book, the one underneath this one there. And you're just going to open to any page. I call this section um, Auntie Oprah's Garden. And this is a book filled with things that she's learned from other people that she's had conversations with. So I think it's important for us to look to the generation before us as well. So just open and read a paragraph and let's talk about it. Better known as a legendary songwriter duo, Ashford and Simpson, they had a four-decade musical partnership that produced some of the most memorable hits ever to come out of Motown. During our emotional conversation, Valerie shared the real story behind one of their great songs, Ain't No Mountain High Enough. Sing along and be like, Cause baby, there ain't no mountain high enough. <laughs> All of that. <laughs> it says, most people think of these as enduring words of love, expressing the deepest form of devotion. But as we talked, Valerie told me that when Nick originally wrote the lyrics, he was referring to his all-encompassing goal to one day write songs professionally. Mm. At the time, Nick was an unknown musician in New York City, hoping to be discovered. While looking up at the skyscrapers towering above him, he came up with the phrase, ain't a mountain high enough, to convey just how determined he was that nothing was going to keep him from his dream. That he was right. Mm. So how does that make you feel? <laughs> Especially in context of this conversation, what are some of the mountains that, you know, you're looking towards? Well, you know, I have Mama Mountain and... <laughs> Mama Mountain and Money Mountain. Oh, Lord. Really bad. Like, repairing, honestly, repairing my relationship with the energy of money has been a thing. Yeah. But it's been, it's progressing. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. You'll get there. Mama Mountain. We'll get back to those six figures, girl. Let's count it. Oh, girl. I'm going to surpass that already. Yeah. Like, I accidentally stumbled upon six figures. Yeah. Like I need like I need I need to make sure that I understand that. Yeah. Like I, I had you were, yeah in these six figures. So I need to make sure that I overstand that mm-hmm. so that when you get back and surpass that you know now how to manage it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> Alright, so where can we find you? You can find me on Instagram at the Diamond Sands. Same thing on Facebook. Um, if you want to get some hair, you can go to Let's Be Hair. Y'all get some hair. I still have some hair from like 20, 2014. Period. I still have that it. That was y'all. five years ago. Five years ago. I don't wear weave often, but when I wear it, it still looks like I just got it. Right now. All right. Get you some. And Let's what's the name of that hair company? Oh. Let's Be Hair. At Let's Be Hair on Instagram. Website www.luxbehair.com. Unapologetic is unapologetic with a Q at the end instead of a C. You can go there and check out, um, you know, the um, blog. And actually, you can find all of this stuff on my actual Instagram page because I have a link tree that has like all my links to everything. Well, there you go. Yeah. There we have it, y'all. Be Diamond Sands. Then me. That's her. Bye, girl. Bye. <laughs>